So the show was created by Dan Levy and his father, Eugene Levy. It starts off where we see that the house is huge and they're obviously these people live in excess and they love each other. And I mean, they love themselves very much and they love money and they're not used to anything but excess of money and riches and wealth and all those things. The IRS shows up and basically takes everything they have. We find out that their money manager or their accountant, who's supposed to be family, uh, never paid any taxes for them. And I don't think they mentioned it in the pilot. They might have, but uh, I know that Johnny Rose, they be, they have wealth because Moira is a basically an aging actress. She's, she's from an old soap opera that everybody knows about. So she that's where she got her wealth from. And Johnny Rose owns the biggest rental video store, second biggest rental video store in all of Canada. So that's how he got his uh, his wealth. And both of their kind of careers are two things that are kind of like dwindling, I guess, like an aging actress and somebody who at the time, like digital was becoming a much bigger thing and DVDs were going away and obviously VHSs were going away. So I think that's a big thing, uh, you know, that, that plays into the rest of the show probably. Well, it, it does a little bit from what I've seen. And we meet their spoiled kids who basically are teenagers at heart even though they're a 20 something and late 20 something or early 30 something they're spoiled kids who've you know never done anything and are really shocked at what's going on they can't handle what's going on the entire family is like you know in shock that they're losing everything so their lawyer tells them after they basically have lost everything that they still own a town that the government has considered worthless it's a town that johnny rose the father bought as a joke to his son. Like, I bought you a shit town that nobody would ever want, but you own a town. And because he did it as a joke, they have a place to stay. That's the only place they can stay for next to nothing and try to get back on their feet. And then we end up in Shit's Creek. And that's the beginning of the show. In the first four minutes, five minutes, we meet a family with very four very distinct characters who have obviously lived most of their life with riches and now they are poor and they're tossed into kind of like a rural Canadian hickish town and they have to live in a motel and figure out, you know, how to attain upward mobility again. I think it starts off really funny because, uh, you know, I'm immediately, I'm like chuckling immediately, like at Catherine O'Hara's like accent is so weird. It's like this like weird World War II kind of like thespian kind of thing. I read somewhere that she was like looking at someone like Audrey Hepburn for inspiration and like that type of era. And then you have the two men of the situation, the father and son, who aren't really uh, acting like men and like social terms, like not taking control of the situation. They're just kind of freaking out a little bit. And then you have the like younger spoiled daughter. And... I don't know. I think it's really cool because, like, normally the show try a show tries to get you to like the characters off the bat, and like the first few minutes, you're like, "Oh, these people are fucking terrible." Uh, yeah, they, this show doesn't try to make you like the characters at all. I kind of, 
I kind of liked Eugene Levy's character because he seemed, just from what I got, he seemed like a guy who didn't start for money. She seemed like she was, the wife seemed very spoiled. The kids were born into it, but he seemed very, like, adapting. He's like, okay, this is what we have to do. We have to go to the motel. We have to do this. I have to talk to that guy. So at least he was, like, trying to, like, figure out how to put everything together. And everyone else was just like, oh, my God, I can't do this shit. So it seemed I, like it, it seemed like he believed the entire time that everything is going to be all right. Like it's all going to work itself out. Like yeah. there's some some way that they can get their wealth back. This is just something they have to get through. So yeah. he's definitely the most level headed out of all of them until Roland pushes his buttons and he loses his yeah. shit. Well, there's also the fact that like they set it up that it's not really their wrongdoing. It's negligence, but it's not like they were corrupt or anything. It's like someone else screwed them over. It's not like Arrested Development where it's like, you know, I guess maybe they weren't paying taxes or something like that. It's like, so at least you have that out of like, oh, all right, that kind of sucks. You guys are rich, but you're not criminals. You just, you know, you got screwed over because you were too stupid to handle your own taxes or whatever. Well, really early on from the show, like the beginning of the show, and, you know, you see that it's basically like a show about like a class commentary, right? Because normally like if – People from Shit's Creek would show up in a town where the roses are. You would look at them like, these people don't fit in here. What are they doing here? Ew. Oh, my God. Uh, David. Like, all that shit, right? But they are now in a different territory, and they don't fit in. They're still judging everything and everyone around them because of where they are uh, mentally in their head. But they are the joke. They are the joke of the town. They are, they are the ones that everybody's looking at. Like, look at these people who don't know how to do anything and that's really cool and like uh, unexpected way to like subvert the genre right because you're expecting to like them right off the bat but just because they're so ignorant to things that they've never dealt with before that's where the comedy comes from like they're the butt of the joke i love that Catherine o'hara has like all these crazy wigs and shit i think it's hilarious that she freaks out when she names the wigs and one of the wigs is put in the to the bag with a different wig and she's like no Kristen and Vince you can't go in that bag together like the way she handles everything is totally over the top and dramatic is amazing uh, Alexis is on the phone the entire like first half of the pilot I think she's like talking to Stavros yeah. and she's like and this is happening and this is happening and this is happening um, you know David is losing his shit but he's kind of more like feeling everything out um, and we mentioned before that Johnny's kind of just trying to keep everything nice and calm. They're basically shit out of luck, pun intended. And they meet Roland, the, the mayor, who, funny to note, like his name is Roland shit, rolling in shit. And then his wife's name, like if you keep watching, is Jocelyn. It's like Jocelyn and shit. So there's all these like weird little things with like the name of the town and like what's going on. So I've watched a lot more of it than you guys. And you come to love these people, okay? So for me to like watch this show and see how it can, it can show you how they take a group of people and give them growth. And it's a lot, there's a lot to peel back with people who've never uh, had nothing before and they have to build themselves up, up again. So it does really great throughout the entire show of doing that. But I think that, the pilot does a really good job of setting up these characters and saying they're at the freaking bottom. Like, where do we go from here? So like the sky's the limit for these characters because they're so low to the ground and have never dealt with anything. So any choice they make is going to be a story, no matter what. There's like really good characterization there. Some of the things we liked <laughs> didn't like. Um, I think it reads better than the pilot. It feels 
like it's part of a bigger thing. And I, I've only seen the first episode, and then we read the actual, uh, the original pilot, and then also read the transcribed version. And it just feels like it's setting up for something bigger, just because, like, I know the whole point is to submert, like, subvert the fact that these characters are not supposed to be, like, likable. But, like, I don't know, for me, it just didn't... I wasn't rooting for these characters, even by the end of the first episode. And that's what I feel like. It feels like the start of the season or the start of the series is probably a couple of episodes... You know, but I didn't watch those episodes, so I can't really judge it on that. But I, based off of just this, it's like it feels like it's not it. It, it wasn't a complete entire episode just because I don't even know what. Besides the fact of the 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 father, you know, standing up to Roland, like what what was there? Like what was the point of showing me that? Like I didn't I didn't see a point. Like, I didn't learn anything. I didn't accept these are terrible think, people I, that are I, just I, kind of, like, assholes. And they're not at the bottom of the rope. They're, they're actually they're, – they're not at the bottom of the rope. They're bottom of their rope. But still, they they own a town. It's like – they own at that bo- bottom. It's, like, not even that bad. They own, own a freaking town. Well, they get, a, they get attacked by bears in episode three, so it gets really dark. Ooh. They, they own a town, but they have, like, no – no money they have no cars like, the, like what ends up happening is they try to sell the town but like it's so worthless that it's like one of the hardest things to do because there's not a lot of commerce there and stuff like that but i think the point of showing us like him standing up to roland is like he's never had to do something like that before like anything any problem that they've had they've been able to answer it with money and he couldn't even get roland out of the, the room like he he doesn't understand that type of confrontation or that mm. type of critical thinking or problem solving and the fact that he snaps and then he 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 half apologizes apologizes for it like when he says uh, that might have been an overreaction he, like he's the straight man and like he's so funny because of it and he's a straight man in a lot of comedy um eugene levy sorry and i'm just it's just to show like all of their choices and all their reactions is what people that have had everything in their life what they would do or wouldn't do in this situation because now they're stripped of everything they are for lack of a better term they're in prison together so they can they can't get out of this solo and even Alexis, who believes she can leave with Savaros, finds out that she's stuck there no matter what. So the family has to find a way out together. So you can prove that you can follow the good structures of rules of how to properly write a pilot or even just a story and still have it be boring, is what you're saying. You found it boring? I found it boring when I was watching it. Not when I was reading it. It was actually a lot funnier when we were reading it. I didn't um, find it boring. I just, I just felt like there was more to it. I was like, it felt like half an episode. Um, what was the thing with Roland? Like, why did he stay there? Was he just bored? Does he not get social cues? Like, why was he on the team? Well, well, I thought Roland because he, he's the mayor. And now he has these people that come to his town that own his town. He was trying to lay his stamp on it. Like, I'm getting you the room. I'm the one hooking you up. I'm the one letting you come here. Like, whether you own it or not, I'm the mayor of the town. My name is on the billboard. It says, welcome to Shit's Creek. So, so he's basically just marking a flag and letting them know, like, you don't run shit here. Um, and for me, I mean, I found it fucking so entertaining the first episode because to me it wasn't boring. To me it was like I couldn't look away. It's like, ooh, you throw these people in a situation that they've never been before and they, they can't throw money at it. Like, I can't look away at something like that because – 
I read an article a while back saying that a part of the inspiration was like, what if you had the Kardashians and immediately you just stripped them from money and like threw them in like a town with nothing? How do they survive? So, so to me, I'm like, oh, that's an interesting concept that these people that can usually answer anything with money have nothing now but to count on each other and they have to figure out all these skills that they've never learned before, especially the kids. So what was his option besides like yelling at him? How was he going to get him out of that room? I feel like that was a that situation was set up to fail. Was he supposed to go to sleep with him in the bed? I don't understand. I I don't think he had another option. I think Roland was there to push buttons and basically just claim his stake. I mean, immediate like he gets in, he walks him around, he sets him in bed, he starts watching TV, basically forces himself to go watch go to the bathroom because he's waiting for them to say something to him. He's like, anything you say that you say to him, he's like, uh huh. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I think he's just pushing his buttons. And again, I think he's testing his, his ground, like how much mayor power he has. Cause he mentioned it. He mentions it like three or four times, like while they're, they're talking. Um, and I mean, uh, what's that? Chris Elliott. Is that his name? Yeah. It's a great character to have, like, play that role. Like, he's always played these weird kind of, like, you know, wacky characters. And his feelings get hurt, you know, when he fucking tells him to get the fuck out. And he, like, when he walks out and slams the door. And I think that's cool, too, because it shows that even somebody who's trying to pull a power trip, it immediately gets reversed on him. And his feelings get hurt. I, that was the one time I felt bad for the family because it's like, how do you get this guy to leave? It's the only way. There's no, there's nothing you could do. That's they a good point. Make- that's a good point. I, I, I agree with you because that's the that's the first time where you see four people like in it's four people versus one, and they're all in this dire situation, and all they want to do is be left alone, and they don't know how to do it. Like they don't understand confrontation like that. They don't understand how to communicate. So imagine if they understood how to communicate. How maybe they could say, you know, we really need some time alone. Would you leave? Would, could you leave? You know, there's no comedy in that, but there's comedy in, hey, there's an obstacle. There's something in my room. How do I get this guy out of my room without offending him, without offending the mayor? You know, and even though he's throwing hints after hints and he's not picking it up, which he is picking it up. Or as you go to watch, as you watch more of the show, maybe he's not. He is a little bit, a little bit slow. But say it seems like he's he doesn't. I think Rocco, you sounded like you were right to begin with. Like I don't think he understands social cues completely. I think he was literally just trying to hang out because I feel like there's uh-huh. even a couple of lines where it's just like, like he says like, "Oh, we want to be alone." It's like, "Oh, we can get privacy in here." Like it yeah. seemed like he he seemed more lonely than anything. Yeah, for some reason I thought the big twist was gonna be like that was his brother or something like that, and like he owns the town and it's his brother because it's like he was just acting very. I don't know, like, he was almost weirdly excited. That's why I think he got embarrassed, because he seemed excited that he was coming. And obviously other people know about it, because even Stevie mentions that, like, they heard... Oh, no, not Stevie, the... Um, Twyla. Yeah. I, I would like to be in that pitch meeting for, like, when they got Stevie for the actress. It's like, what if Stevie is a girl? It's like, what? Hold the phone. I don't know. If, like, you were, oh. if you were living in ridiculous wealth for a while... Even and your kids are now older than twenty years old, and then you lose everything, and then you guys are all now on the street, but you're not even on the street. You're in literally a town that you own. It's like, I'm sorry. There's just for me, there's just no empathy there. Like I have nothing. Like maybe, it, like I said, maybe there's more to the 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 father and the mother, and maybe even like the the the, the children. Because like I am being very judgmental because they're trying to make them that 
kind of like uh, insanely obnoxious, but like the idea of Kim Kardashian or the Kardashians losing all their wealth and having to live in Shit's Creek, like that doesn't that the, the only thing it does is it makes me laugh, but it doesn't make me laugh at them. It makes me laugh because I'm like like maniacally in a terrible way. Since you start lacking empathy for them, they don't do anything to stack the deck. They don't be like, oh, they lost their money because they were corrupt people. It's like, no, they were stupid and they fucked up. So I'm saying they they didn't add anything extra. Because if yeah. you added that, you'd be like, oh, there's no like redemption. But the fact that they made it like, oh yeah, we trusted that guy. I don't know that you're saying they're they're, they're stupid, but they're trustworthy. And and also you're saying they follow the rules. They just you know they screwed up. So at least you're not stacking the deck with them and making them. Is there a people. Kanye West character that comes into play that Alexis yeah. or David dates? Uh, Kanye West actually shows up on the show and everyone was trying to get him to leave. And he was like, no, man, man, I'm going to talk for a minute. He does that for five seasons. <clears throat> I think a big thing, a big thing that it does in a pilot is it shows like just little things like just being able to talk to other people that are not of your status in your class and again it's about communication like when he's asking about the towel or when when he says this might be a stupid question based on the rugs in this room but do you have a business center like immediately like shitting on everything before they even ask their question they're not used to being the ones like communicating this type of stuff i'm sure they have maids and servants and shit like get me this get me that so even before they ask for anything, they make sure to literally shit on the things that they want or what they're requesting. And it shows like the barrier of communication between different classes, right? And this isn't this isn't Canada, it's a Canadian show. You also so have you, to keep in mind they were raised into this and that's like what they know. Like imagine if you just walked into a room and you saw someone shitting in a bucket, you would probably roll your eyes and be like, uh, so to them seeing somebody not have like maid service or you know, any of the spa stuff, that's like, how do you not have that? Uh, they're fish out of water, so they don't know. Yeah, yeah I but I also, we didn't really get to see the fish out of water get abused. And that I guess that's where I think the humor would have came out for me. They took, like, his, they, they took his door. <laughs> they lost everything. You saw them get abused. Like, I was waiting for David to get, like, slapped in the face by, like, Stevie. I was waiting for, like, one of the characters to just, like, get, like... Put like put a mirror in front of their face and like be like you guys have to fucking snap the fuck out of it. But no one does it. They just yeah. all avoid it. No, yeah, but they do. It. But they do do it. They do do it. Like Roland shows. Roland shows a lot of class by being like, you know what I'll do. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Roland could have been like, you know what, fuck you, you rich piece of shit, blah blah blah. And then Stevie twice feeds them their own shit. Once by telling him like, well yeah, of course the business center is by the spa outside. Do you want me to hook yeah. you up with that? And then with. With uh, with Catherine O'Hara Harris character Moira, she's just like, all right, well, it looks like you got this figured out. I gotta go because the pawn shop's gonna close, and I owe my crack dealer a lot of money. Yeah, they yeah. Do it there like, a little she, bit. I'm just saying, a, I want to see them in the mud. I want to see like them like lose also, like a limb because a, why not? It's, but it's something. really strong subtext. It's like, a comedy it, TV show too. They have to start somewhere and stretch it out. If they're if by the end, you're like, ah, oh, they learned their lesson. Where the fuck do you go? You know, not it's about like, learning a lesson. It's just that I I would have liked to see a little bit more, you know, comedy like poking at that kind of stuff. What, because well, I think it was just like me, like you were saying. It's like it's it's you have to. You said that you had you. It was so uncomfortable seeing these people be this way that you had you you couldn't stop watching and like. I felt starved for those moments of uh, like the whole point of this, which is to make fun of them. And it's like, 
I'm just getting annoyed by them as opposed to like laughing at them. Like I'm not like, I don't know. I feel like it's like the first season of commu- uh, Parks and Rec where it's like the first season's okay, but like then it turns into like a masterpiece. So you know what? Like I'm I'm sure it's it's great. It's just I don't know. The pilot just does didn't do well, it for me. Well, it is it is fantastic, but the pilot did it for me. And there's other things too, like them going to that cafe and they're like, God, we have to eat here. Like, oh, they, I love it's the, like they, they've never been yeah. sitting in a, in a booth together, trying to open these oversized things. Trying, they're fighting each other. And then Twyla does something that nobody else does for them other than the lawyer in the beginning where he's like, Hey, homelessness is a, is a, is another option, right? Like he reminds them, like, it could be worse. You go to this town or you could be homeless. And Twyla does it again for them where she's yeah. like, Oh, my cousin went to jail and you know, uh, He's, you know, but he's better now. He's learning Spanish. He learned to say no me dueles, uh, uh, para, like basically, please stop, it hurts. Get like translating subtext to them. You could be in jail. You could be the ones that did this and you're not. You could be the ones learning Spanish to try to tell the guys that are butt raping you to stop butt raping you. Manny, Manny, Manny would enjoy that. I'd be like, yeah, now you're finally No, suffering. it's just like, it's just all the, <laughs> no, it's just like, it's all, it's, it's basically God, like, the the writer god basically like showing all like you said all this subtext around these characters that clearly can't see the fact that like obviously the author is trying to like show them like hey things could be worse but what do they do they just still keep complaining about the fucking menus and the fact that they're like you know shoving each other's shoulders and stuff so i get the humor it just i get it's just not funny to me so maybe it's i don't know Maybe I don't get the humor, but I understand Shut what they're up. doing because I liked I loved the fact that she brought that up to them. But the fact that like it went over their heads, it's like, OK, that starts getting frustrating. And I feel like it keeps getting to that point. Like even David, I'm sorry, but the whole David thing of her him like being mean to her. And then she's like, I'm like, I'm rude. And I, I, I take that as a compliment kind of thing. It's like, fuck you. You don't deserve your towels, man. You're being a douche. Everyone but that's, deserves. But that's, a, but that's a character reveal for her. So that remember, it's since it's the pilot, it's setting everybody up. So the fact that Roland acted that particular with that reaction, and Stevie had that particular reaction, reminds us that like we're going to see these two characters a lot. And from the very beginning, they didn't take their shit. Again, <laughs> but well, also, and it pro- and, but it also proves my point that just because you add in substance quote unquote or you 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 follow certain rules about what your character should have and should do or structure doesn't make it good. Well he like, was great in that scenario. Like he he was literally can I have a towel? He was a little rude before but he kept going, Can I have a towel? I just, I mean, and he's like, I'm being nice to you now. You've been rude. Can I have a towel? I just you want to be dry. You know what they do a lot of in this show? especially in the pilot too like somebody's talking about something and they're in distress and then when it goes to the next person for the reaction we're immediately until they're into their selfish distress so like when moira's like my earrings and, and that i asked that lady politely if she stole them and david's like uh i need a towel like immediately it's all about him and they're constantly passing the baton that when someone has a problem we just switch to the other person's problem it's never like hey can I help you with this? Hey, this yeah. will be okay. It's like, oh, you're being overly dramatic. Um, so it's setting up the way they react towards each other and towards each other's problems uh, for later. Uh, fun fact. So Dan and Eugene are father and son, and Twyla, the waitress, uh, is uh, the daughter in real life. So that's another fun fact to know. And initially, Chris Elliott's daughter 
which is uh, I can't remember her name right now. Something uh, Elliot. A- Abby Elliot. There you go. That was right. Abby Elliot. She was on SNL. Uh, she was initially supposed to play. Uh, da, 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 da. Alexis. 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 Yeah, Alexis. And Alexis was Twyla, I believe. And then she dropped out for some other show, and they switched it around. So I believe. So the show is short. It's like twenty minutes. Each episode is twenty minutes long. Yeah. Um, it was basically, you know, and Quibi episodes are like five to ten minutes long, right? So they do pack a, a decent amount of story in, and it gets even better as it moves on. But uh, without any like reservation whatsoever, I can tell you that to me, this show is so good as it gets on, so good that it's in my top three favorite shows of all time. The writing becomes so phenomenal because of this pilot. Because this pilot sets up these people that you're supposed to hate, and you're just like, ugh, ugh. And to me, it did the job where I'm like, I want to see where this goes. And if, and I think that if you continue with it, I think, I think Manny, if you continue with it, you're gonna fucking love it. I think Rocco will be at half and half about it because it's it's not up Rocco's alley in terms of some of the comedy that he likes. But Rocco likes good drama, and there's good drama in there, so I think he might enjoy that. But I think you specifically will really, really love the show if you keep watching. Actually, cool. Can I we think, talk about Hamilton again? I think I, 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 I'm going to go the opposite because I was in the middle. I think I'd like it more and Manny would just get madder and madder going, when's it get good? When's it get good? Why am I wasting so much time? When are these people going to get like... When like, will they have, like, die? That, no, just, I want that cliche thing of like someone driving by like, you know, with like right near mud and then it just splashes them. Like just one of those fucking scenes and it would have been great. Just something. Told- That's cliche. I literally want to see them get shitted on. They, they, no, they I'm never- not saying that specifically, but I just needed something to shish. Bang, I, I thought bang. there was something enough subtext. To them. I thought there was enough subtext that, like, you know, made them feel low enough. I, they go through so much in a 24-hour period where you're just, I'm just like, oh so God. much. Manny wants 22 minutes of them being tortured, like in Saw. He's <laughs> like, and just like money being thrown at their fucking bodies. <laughs> I understand that it's difficult to feel bad for people who have been privileged. Yeah, I mean, and that's the way that I felt when I first watched uh, like Arrested Development. But like, I ended up like loving that and watching it, you know, in its entirety. But you know, the first time that you watch it, it's jarring um, how frustrating these people can get. So Arrested Development really does become like you know we learn a lot about the family, but they're like constantly trying to figure out their whole like like the wealth thing, like the money thing plays a huge factor, and these people are. you know, even like below that, yeah. they were they were richer than Arrested Development family, and now they're even below that. So they have to find ways to piece themselves together before they could even think of making money again. Another cool thing that I, we didn't mention, we should mention, is it's a single camera show, and that to oh. me is amazing. Like that, that's it. It's it's there's not ten cameras, three cameras, two. It's a single camera show. So they'll shoot their shot, you know, their shot, they'll get it, and then they'll just shoot it again with the other one. So there's always, you know, a lot of rack focuses or two shots, three shots, whatever's going on. Um, a lot of medium shots. Uh, and I love that. I mean, it's just how much you can pull off with just the camera, right? Like yeah. just, just one camera. If you got some good writing going on, you can pull it off. So that to me made me be like, ooh, I want to make something so bad because it's just a one camera thing. Like you don't need 10 cameras to pull this off to do this if your writing is good enough. So that that was a huge takeaway for me too. Yeah, small location too probably made that much yeah. easier. Yeah. Do they Tiny stay at the hotel rooms. a lot, or no? Do they move out? 
Uh, watch the show. No, I'm just wondering because uh, that was. Yeah, they keep wondering. Keep wondering. Yeah. I wonder. I want to know. Did they just stay at the motel because that would be cheap? I would say that that's set up in the show, right? Like, you can only be in this one place. You have nothing left in this world. So, like, there's a lot of hotel involved for sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they, like, evolved. It's like, all right, now we're in a house. Now we're in a Well, thing. that's, that's, right. that's the goal. That's the goal of the, of the show for them to, like, uproot themselves from there. Uh, at least one of the goals. One of the goals. All right, this has been our uh, Shits Creek talking yada yada yada. Talking shit. Talking shit. We're just talking shit about Shits Creek, especially Manny. <laughs> Sorry, I'm but, not a real writer, so you know. No, we're all. My words gonna, mean nothing. When Eugene Levy gets slapped one day, he's gonna be like, "What the fuck did I do?" He's got. <laughs> he's got five seasons. Where did my eyebrows show. go? Six, he's obviously success. Six seasons. He's obviously five. way more successful than the, la- the last season. You know, I, I could ever season. be. Oh, they did another one. I think the sixth season is the last one. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know. I'm on the fifth one now, so I hope there's a sixth one. I thought it was, I thought they said they were only doing five. Maybe I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. This was fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we'll be back with another episode of Script Club Know It All. With I don't know what, but something. Peace out. Peace out. Say bye, Manny. No, oh, bye. We know it all or nothing at all. We know it all or nothing at all. Script Club. We know it all or nothing. No script Club. We know it Chatter in my head is simply hazardous. I'm in the back, get up this crowd, talking to myself, pretending that I'm phantom. I'm into the wall, which will be